So, good morning, <clears throat> Grace and Mercy Church. Uh, will you join me in our prayer before we dive into our text this morning? And in, in the prayer is on the first page of our songbooks there. It says, Lord, give us life as we seek you in your kingdom with a whole heart, as we attempt to fear you and keep your commandments. Let our life be found in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, as we walk in the arena of God's great mysteries. Amen. <clears throat> so this morning, we're going to jump back into our sermon series in the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, as Scott mentioned in his first message, we'll be in this book until probably like the Christmas season, maybe. Uh, and today, I'm, I'm going to talk with you about Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. So if you have your Bibles with you or your Bible app on your phone, you can go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. I have three different uh, Bible versions I'm going to read from, and I'll let you know which Bible version I read when, when I finished each, okay? So first one is, I took another good look at what's going on. The very place of judgment, corrupt. The place of righteousness, corrupt. I said to myself, God will judge righteous and wicked. There's a right time for everything and every deed, and there's no getting around it. And that's the message. Second version. Another thing I observed under the sun. There in the same place as justice was wickedness. There in the same place as righteousness was wickedness. I said to myself, the righteous and the wicked God will judge. Because there is a right time for every intention and for every action. And that's the complete Jewish Bible. And then the last one. <clears throat> Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every matter and for every work. And that's the ESV. Scott said another thing in this first message that stood out stood out to me. He shared this thought. If we are seeking to live in the abundant life, we need to seek wisdom. Her fruit is a well-ordered and peace-filled life. While some wise decision-making comes with time and age, the wisdom that the author in Ecclesiastes refers to is found in a relationship with the Lord. God gives wisdom to the person who asks him for it. If we look in James, James, the book of James tells us how if we want wisdom, we need to ask God for it and he'll give it to us. God will also give wisdom to a person to do a certain task or at a certain season in the person's life and leadership. We see that throughout scripture. We even see that God gave King Solomon wisdom to lead over Israel. When Solomon asked God to give him wisdom, God gave him that along with riches and peace throughout the land. We need the wisdom of God to walk through our daily lives. Waking up each morning asking God for a fresh filling of his spirit and wisdom so that we may honor him throughout our day and look to see him throughout our day. So how many of us have had moments when we've reacted negatively versus responding positively? You think about your life. And then like, what things cause you to get angry? What are some things that you see throughout your day or your past that have caused you to get angry? I'm sure many of us get fired up when we notice someone being treated un unjustly or 
reread an article in the paper or something online about a company or a person that did something shady and got away with it. And we kind of get frustrated about that. As we read our text, we notice the author sees corruption and wickedness. Depending on which translation you read, it talks about in the place of justice, which is the courts, and in the place of righteousness, which is the place of worship. So, I mean, the church. The text doesn't tell us what exact forms of corruption or wickedness are going on in the courts or the place of worship. The author only tells us he saw where justice should be, there was wickedness, and iniquity was in the place of righteousness. How did this happen? We don't know how it happened, but we know it is present in his time period. Somehow in the places that were institution were institution to uphold godly social and moral values, injustice and unrighteousness had woven its toxic ways into the courts and the place of worship. The author of this book shows us that everything in this world without the fear of God is vanity. As sad as it, as sad as it is to see corruption and wickedness in the courts and place of worship, these verses reveal that righteousness and justice are not upheld without the fear of God. When mankind fears God, they realize the world is his and everything that lives in it. God is the supreme being and we need to humble ourselves before him, seeking him for wisdom on how to execute justice and live in righteousness. Mankind needs the wisdom of God to be courageous in making decisions in the courts and in the place of worship to uphold God's justice and God's righteousness. See, humanity is so ambitious for power, authority, and fame. Like, mankind loves control. We, we all love control, like, especially us parents. Here's a lesson from Ecclesiastes. When we don't entrust justice and righteousness to the Lord, things go wrong. The places of justice and worship should act in righteousness and uphold justice in the community because they are places where the vulnerable need to be protected, cared for, and valued. Yet, if we look back in history and in our current times, we see these places have not acted justly all the time. We can read in scripture, we can read in the paper, we can look at Facebook, we can look at all these social media venues, see the news, and we, we witness and we hear about corruption in the courts and in the place of worship. People commit, people take bribes, they commit fraud, show favoritism, and abuse people working with them, for them. The Lord is not pleased by the mistreatment of the vulnerable. He will one day, in his timing, distribute his judgment on the oppressors. See, the author in Ecclesiastes trusts God will one time in the future, a time not in that present or even in our present, execute his judgment on these two places to make things right. I'm pretty sure all of us can can drum up some corruptions and wickedness things that we've seen in the church or heard about in courts, and we can go there and there, and I've thought about that. But I think the most important thing for us to remember 
even in our frustration, is that God sees it. And God will take care of it. See, a person of faith, a person who walks in wisdom, holds on to the belief God will one day return. And when he does return, he will distribute righteous judgment. He will make all things, he will make all wrongs right. He will eradicate all sin and injustice. The wrong done in the courts, in the place of worship, will not go unpunished by God. And perhaps God is handing out some punishments now that we can't see or we're not able to see because we aren't him. Yet as believers, we believe God is the one who will vindicate us. He will fight for us. And we only need to stand still and trust him. Now, I got to be honest with you. Like, it can be hard to stand still and trust God to work things out at times. Because like, I want to control when and how things are worked out. However, as I look back over my past moments where I've waited, God showed up and did what I couldn't even imagine he can do. And I'm pretty sure you can say the same about that in your lives. One commentator wrote this about Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. The long delay of God's judgment is calculated to show people that the brevity of their life renders them incapable of following out and understanding his distributive justice. I think when we live in wisdom, we understand and trust God has future times and events under his control. And I must rest in his sovereignty and timing. We can pray for his judgment to come on those places for being corrupt. But we also got to realize, too, God may ask some of us to participate in defending those who have been taken advantage of in the courts or in the church. And if he's called us to be a part of performing justice and defending those, then we need his wisdom to go about that challenge, not in our human frustration or our determination and anger. We can be angry, but we have to surrender our anger to God, asking the Holy Spirit to show us what to do and how to handle it. Amen? So I'd like to end my message with the same prayer we prayed in the beginning because it reminds us of how much we need the Lord to walk with us as we live out our life under the sun, as the author of Ecclesiastes says. So let's pray. Lord, give us life as we seek you and your kingdom with the whole heart, as we attempt to fear you and keep your commandments. Let our life be found in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, as we walk in the arena of your great mysteries. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.